You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarbera, president of Americans for Truth. And uh, we're excited to be back on the air. We've, uh, we're, we've got some, uh, we're making a transition here to a whole new way of doing the Americans for Truth Hour. Uh, and so uh, you might hear a little glitch here and there, but but I'm uh, happy to be broadcasting at the, the Grace Gospel Fellowship Church with Pastor John Kirkwood in Bensonville, Illinois. And I hope we have our good friend, Pastor Patrick Wooden from North Carolina on the line. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> I'm glad to be on. Okay. And we're glad to have you. Uh, Pastor Wooden is a truth hero. He uh, played a major role in the passage of the uh, marriage amendment in North Carolina. It has the liberals going crazy, uh, but North Carolina passed by 6139. As, and as, as I think I said last week, I consider this a 70, 75% vote for marriage. Uh, Pastor Wooden, would you agree if you factor in the press bias and the disinformation that was spread, which you tried to counteract, would you consider this is really a much higher vote for marriage in your state? Yes, I would consider it to probably would have been uh, 80-20. When you consider that the sitting president of the United States weighed in and spoke against the amendment, uh, that former president, Bill Clinton, uh, did robocalls the day before the vote, and uh, the NAACP uh, uh, actually uh, told mistruths about the language, well, actually lied on the language of the amendment. Uh, they aired commercials that were no, that, that did not even resemble the truth, where they aired a, a, a Caucasian white lady and her Caucasian, her little daughter, little white girl playing on a uh, a swing set or uh, playing and saying that uh, if this amendment passes, my daughter will lose her health insurance because huh. we're not married. Uh, ads like that. And wow. the amendment doesn't address health insurance, uh, domestic violence protection uh, against, you know, they, they, they said that, it, that women would lose their domestic violence protection and the police would not come and and uh, uh, rescue women anymore. I mean, just out, out lies out of the Celinda Lake uh, playbook. And Celinda, let's just, well, Celinda Lake is a Democratic strategist. Yes. And so they were, yeah, tell us, tell, what are the, what are some of the other major lies that you had to combat? You had the domestic violence, the no health insurance, what else? Um, the domestic violence, no health insurance, that kids would lose their health benefits, uh, that children who are in families where uh, perhaps the parents are, are, are living without the benefit of marriage, uh, better known as shacking up, um, even if they have same-sex parents, so, well, a same-sex situation, that they would lose their government benefits. And, and the funny thing is... Uh, the existing law stated that marriage of same-gendered persons would not be valid in the state of North Carolina. 
uh, and and those people were receiving those benefits under the existing law. Right. So some of the the lies made no sense. But you can't necessarily trust the general public uh, sometimes to take the extra step in investigating for themselves or to be uh, philosophical. Uh, they knew that this emotional strategy, pulling at the heartstrings of people, would be their best bet. So I, I think um, that uh, it would have been, uh, uh, it could have been as high as 80 Uh, that's something that we talked about, uh, we saw in the email, is that young people only narrowly voted against the amendment. And that's mm-hmm. that's encouraging because we often, you know, the, the homosexual activists are constantly saying, just wait it out. The next generation is going to come and wipe out all these marriage amendments. Right. And I think the young people, when they get the facts, they can be moved just like they have been moved on the abortion issue, Pastor. Yes. And, uh, and young people, thank God, uh, uh, Peter, young people grow up. And it's amazing what happens when you become a mom or a dad yourself. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when all of a sudden now you're entrusted with a young life, and that kid looks just like you. And you, it, it, all of a sudden now it's your little boy right. or your little little girl. No one wants their son to 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 be a, a homosexual. No one wants their daughter to be homosexual. Yeah. The bankers and presidents and congressmen and senators and congresswomen uh, of today, many of them were at Woodstock uh, in the 60s, but they grew up and they cut their hair and they shaved their beards, they put on a suit and tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Patrick, we got clips to play here and I've got one important one from John, but you know, it's, if you look at what's being said, you know, like Piers Morgan, the guy on CNN, when he was interviewing um, the star, uh, Kirk Cameron, you know, the liberals are now saying, they're going around saying how happy they would be if their son came home or their daughter and said, I'm gay. Right. And uh, and you know what? It's almost like they're arguing against nature, trying to persuade themselves, because honestly, I don't think many would be happy. And it's not something to be happy about. No. To, to know you're 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 going to you know, your son or daughter is 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 entering uh, an aberrant and immoral lifestyle. And yet that's what they keep saying. Well, they're saying that, uh, but we know that's not true. Uh, the, 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 the thing that they're allowed to do is they're allowed to argue both points. Uh, the homosexual community and the liberals will tell you in a moment, no one would choose to be homosexual. Who would choose to have this uh, lifestyle right. with all of the ridicule, the hurt, the pain? We, it has to be a matter of birth because no one would choose this. Now they're saying, oh, we would love it if our child would grow up to be homosexual. So the, the question becomes, which argument is true? You can't have it both ways. Right. Um, no one, uh, no one would want their child. Even the homosexual father doesn't want his son to be homosexual. The lesbian mother does not 
want her daughter to be lesbian. Now, that may be a few exceptions to the rule, but overall, no one wants that. Okay, now let's uh, let me introduce John Kirkwood. Uh, yes, uh, Pastor, it's good to be with you again. I, I'd like to ask you, Pastor. Uh, you, you know, the Bible speaks of shepherds and hi- hirelings, right? And um, what was the reaction in North Carolina and the pulpits? Uh, did, did you have uh, uh, a lot of peer, a lot of your peers, uh, being standing up together on this issue, or did some run for cover? Because it's like the third rail of, of, of the culture issues. What an what a awesome question, Pastor. And thank you for allowing me to be on the show with you and Peter. Uh, yes, the, 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 this issue did surface, brought to the surface the fact that we have a lot of shepherds in this state and a lot of hirelings. Um, uh, to the credit of many of the pastors, many pastors, uh, although many of them were not visible, it is evident that they had to have spoken to their parishioners uh, about this. Uh, I had a couple. I hosted a couple of uh, meetings, prayer breakfasts, and invited the pastors to come, and we had an overwhelming turnout. Um, that that could always have been more. Um, I was told by a pastor friend of mine that some of the pastors in certain in a certain part of the state of North Carolina was was muted because they were told that if they uh, speak up for the amendment, they would they, they they shouldn't expect any more grant money. Now that's what mm. was told to me. Um, in another part of the state, uh, I, I went personally. I went personally to Winston Salem, and met with some pastors. and And uh, these pastors were uh, they tried to make it a racial issue, uh, a black and white type deal. So they were against the amendment because they're against all forms of discrimination. They basically had uh, had bought from the had torn a page from the NAACP's playbook. But uh, there were many pastors. We had a, uh, uh, a press conference on Monday, the Monday before the big vote, and 100 pastors came from across the state of North Carolina uh, and uh, in Raleigh to uh, be a part of the press conference. And at the same time, we had one taking place in Charlotte, and we had about 167 or 175 pastors to show up in Raleigh. So there were many pastors who were uh, uh, in the fight. I had many, uh, many pastors who, who uh, apparently secretly were on our side because some of them have come out the woodwork now that it's over. Uh, we could have had more, but thank the Lord that we had what we had. Personally, I celebrate issues like this because um, I, the Lord spoke to me a few years ago and said to me, and I shared this with the church, that there would come a divide in the body of Christ. And the divide would not be along the lines of race. It would not even be along the lines of denominations. But it would be along the lines of doctrine. That the true Christians would be separate, would be revealed. There would be a, uh, a divide between those who submit to biblical authority and those who do not. And I felt that as the Lord was dealing with me, that one of the issues that would bring this divide to to surface would be the issue of homosexuality and what we're going to do with uh, this uh, 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 this uh, this sin and, and this perversion that uh, seems to be so pervasive in the land. 
So that could have been, I, I wish that uh, more pastors would have been involved. And I'll, I'll say this. Oh, I hold, hold, hold it right forward. there, Patrick. Hold it right there. We're coming right back after the break with Patrick Wood, right. Pastor Patrick Wooden of North Carolina. Welcome back, folks, to the Americans for Truth Hour. This is Pete LaBarber. I'm with Pastor Patrick Wooden of the Upper Room Church of God in Christ. Patrick, you there? Yes, sir. What is that website for you again? UpperRoomGospel.org. org. And I'm also here with John Kirkwood, and it's a blessing to be around these pastors. It just makes me a more holy person, and I I have a lot of room to grow in that area. (laughs) 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 These are are two great men, and I'm I'm privileged to be working with them. Now, Patrick, you were making a point about pastors. Yeah, my quick quick little point is many of the pastors who didn't stand with us, I'm sure they wish they had them now because I want to remind your listeners that we won, and we won big. And we're still celebrating, and I thank God that the Lord gave us victory with a high hand. We, we, we marched boldly, and we won this victory for our state, and more importantly, for our Lord and Savior. And, and also, Patrick, also for our nation. Yes, sir. Because the timing was impeccable. Yes. And, and, of course, uh, President Obama, in, in I think what is perhaps one of the most disgusting moves, and I say disgusting because I think it was, the day that North Carolina uh, blew apart the whole liberal media narrative that homosexual so-called marriage is inevitable, that very day, 6139, and we have to remember that homosexual activists were talking about winning North Carolina. Right. This was going to be the state where they, they passed gay marriage. You know, this right. was The very day, or maybe it was the day after, of this victory, President Obama announces his support for same-sex so-called marriage. Right. And and I want to play a clip for you that yeah. we have of of uh, Don Lemon, who is an African American, uh, an anchor on CNN, um, and I have to say both of those because he used uh, he just did something I think I can't believe he calls himself a journalist, and I'm going to play the clip, but he's basically saying that people, including blacks, who oppose same sex marriage, are the moral equivalent of George Wallace announcing that he was for segregation. And I want to get Pastor Wooden's uh, reaction to this. Here's a three-minute clip of Don Lemon, uh, host on CNN, on his own program. All right, I'm going to warn you because I'm going to tick a whole lot of people off here. The subject tonight, words that come back to haunt you. And I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Honestly. Can you imagine having uttered those words in front of television cameras or being one of those people in the crowd cheering on Alabama's Governor George Wallace? That wasn't so long ago. It was the 1960s. Now think about how far we have come and think about what this might sound like a few decades from now. Marriage is a relationship between one man and one woman. I'm not singling out just Mitt Romney or Republicans. Black folks. Listen to some of your own words. This is the fruit of a decision that is not grounded in Scripture. It's open the doors for gays uh, in the military to serve openly. So the next step is to go over the states, period. I felt very hurt and disappointed, surprised. I did not know that he would do that. I did not think he would. I just disagree with him on the issue of, of gay marriage, per se. I think, it, I think it's between a man and a woman. 
It is certainly okay to disagree with anyone, to disagree with the president. But what's not okay is when your disagreement is based on interpretation and how someone told you to think or to feel. And when it's not based on fact and true self-examination. Just the other day on another network, Michael Eric Dyson offered some great advice. Black Christians must be deeply rooted in their faith, but not deeply entrenched in bigotry. And furthermore, do we want to become sexual rednecks? Sexual rednecks. What Professor Dyson is urging black people to do is not fall for the same rhetoric, the same teachings, and the same scripture that bigots use to keep black people on the back of the bus and to keep people from marrying outside their race. Do you really want to be less accepting than the man many of you thought cold-hearted? Vice President Dick Cheney. Um, I think people ought to be free to enter into any kind of union they wish. So I'll end where I started with Alabama Governor George Wallace, who once stood in front of the entrance to a school to block black students, who vehemently opposed blacks and whites marrying each other. But he, too, evolved and later recognized his own ignorance, his own bigotry and his own hatred. And about those words that came back to haunt him, he said, and I quote here, I never should have said it because it wasn't true. I saw then that a house divided could not stand, that black and white people had to live with each other. It took him almost to the end of his life, decades to get there to do it. So I will simply ask, when it comes to this marriage rights issue, do you really want to wait that long? Wow. Uh, wow. Pastor Wooden, uh, I want your reaction to that statement, by that, that episode, that little clip by Don Lemon. Well, my, my reaction is multiple. Uh, number one, uh, absolutely no journalistic integrity whatsoever. Um, the, the great journalists always pride themselves in having opinions, but uh, no one ever knowing how the journalists actually felt, uh, uh, what the general opinion was or were. This man has just butchered journalism. Number two, you feel sorry for Don. Uh, Don is as confused as most uh, homosexual advocates are. John Don is a victim, according to his own testimony, of being uh, molested. Mm. It was a homosexual who uh, got Don into homosexuality. Don uh, also said, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, that his dad was not in the home. So a missing father and being molested. Uh, Don has done well. He's worked his way up in the, in the media. But look at uh, uh, what he's doing. He's actu- actually advocating for uh, the, the rape and, and the horrible things that actually happened to him. And then lastly... Well, let me clear, let me clarify on that point. Of course, you're not saying that he supports that, but 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 by but by saying that he's gay and he came right. so-called came out of the closet within weeks of when he announced to the world that he'd been molested by a man. Right. To not make that connection of of the the embrace of homosexuality with being a victim of a child molester right. is is. Is, is disingenuous to say the least. Yes, it is, and uh, and 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 many homosexuals are people who have been molested when they were children. And I appreciate you uh, uh, have me to bring clarity to to that, and and that point is is well well taken. Um, but also for him to take uh, two term two things that do not belong together, the the uh, the, the segregationist Wallace. Uh, who 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 was wrong, and he admitted it, 
and but to compare that to uh, deviant behavior, to compare homosexuality, uh, basically he's saying it's like being black. Uh, as an African American, I take offense to it. Most blacks do. Um, it's not the same. Marriage is a union between a man and a woman. And and then and then for Dyson and uh, Don Lemon to to promote this idea that your view on marriage, regardless of your race, even as a black man, is deeply rooted in bigotry. And it's it's almost like they're saying you can have a deep faith, but if that faith leads you to understand what marriage is, as Jesus taught and is taught in the book of Genesis, you can't defend that because only certain parts of your faith you can embrace, right? Yes, these are guys who have obviously... Uh, and I have not sat down and talked with either man personally, but I have followed their careers and listened to them. They have obviously abandoned biblical authority. They do not submit to the authority of the scriptures. Uh, I think uh, Tyson used the word uh, uh, redneck. Uh, Sex, sexual redneck. A sexual redneck. What is a sexual redneck? <laughs> uh, how, how, how does that term work? Uh, <laughs> are you saying that uh, a redneck who molests little boys uh, is a sexual redneck? And then... Uh, what about the term redneck? Now, if we don't want to use the N-word, am I right? Yeah. We don't want to call blacks, you know, the N-word, but now we can uh, we can refer to uh, people who disagree with homosexuality as sexual rednecks. You see the, the absurdity of it. The, you can't the, have it both ways. The hypocrisy on the, the hypocrisy, left is, yes. is so thick. It's, so, it's just so rich. You're right about uh, the comment Michael Eric Dyson made. And, and he starts out with a, a lecture to black Christians. Yes. Right. Uh, well, i got a problem with that as well. Uh, um, the, the pastor you're hearing from right now, he's he's not a black Christian. He's my brother in Christ. He right. happens to be black, but right. there, there's no black and white in the body of Christ. That's no. right. And and when you when you play that, you know what there is though. Um, there 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 is spiritual or carnal. Right. Uh, there are bold or embarrassed. There right. are zealous and ashamed. There are shepherds and hirelings. There are spiritual, carnal. I'll tell you what, there are faithful and unfaithful. And what That's you're right. hearing from these men is it's better to be an unfaithful Christian uh, because your allegiance should be the, to the NAACP and to the first black uh, yeah. African-American right. president yeah. and not to the God of the scriptures. Right. Uh, but you, also, John and, and, and Patrick, it's it's what somebody told you to think, mm. and this is coming from a black man. He he's he's pushing that line that if you deviate on an issue, it's because somebody told you what to think. I'm glad that we are not a monolithic people, and I, I listen. I celebrate, and I agree with the pastor. I celebrate believers who are believers first. Now, I am not a black man who happens to be a Christian. Oh, amen. I don't think there's no such thing as that. I am a Christian who happens to be a black man. <laughs> I made a choice for Jesus Christ, and the Lord chose me. I accepted Jesus. I made no choice in my gender, nor did I choose have a choice in my color. But I chose to follow Jesus Christ, and I put Christ ahead of everything else. Now, I've had my black card questioned by uh, 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 African Americans uh, during this particular particular race uh, doing this, uh, this battle, and I'm grateful that it means more to me 
uh, to be a Christian than to be, I guess, a certified black man in the eyes of some. <laughs> Amen. Certified. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what I have to do if voting for, if voting against an amendment that strengthens marriage uh, disqualifies me. Then I stand boldly and declare that I've been disqualified. Yes. You know, but I, but I tell you what, I'm accepted in the eyes of the Lord Jesus. That's right. That's what matters. That's right. We're talking to Patrick Wooden from the Upper Room Church of God in Christ in Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll be right back after the break. Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your gift online today at AmericansForTruth.com. That's AmericansForTruth.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber here with my friend John Kirkwood, and we're, uh, we're, we've launched a new uh, way of doing the Americans for Truth Hour. I think you're going to like it. We will no longer be on WYLL as of early June, uh, but we will have our weekly podcast and more. We're happy to be interviewing our good friend, Pastor Patrick Wooden. Uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina, a leader in the successful battle to pass the marriage amendment. 6139 it passed in North Carolina. And Patrick, uh, we're talking about Don Lemon, this incredible clip where he, he lectures, uh, even blacks, uh, about uh, supporting uh, traditional marriage. And he it was Don Lemon who said in that clip that we just heard, uh, he says, you know, you don't have to believe something because somebody told you what to think, which is incredibly arrogant. But I want to ask Don, who told him what to think about homosexuality? Evidently, by his own admission, he was introduced to homosexuality by a predator, by an adult predator, when he was underage. That's the person who not only told him what to think, he showed him what to think by being molested. Can you believe that? I mean, that is that is being... That, that's what he's real. I mean, that's the and I, I can't even find the words of the arrogance of this man. Patrick. Yes, uh, uh, they, they did it to him. Uh, and that's that's what is so sad. Uh, he's he's a victim. And uh, for him to insinuate basically what he's saying, do not listen to your pastors. Do not listen to your parents. Do not listen to uh, 5,000 years of human recorded history. Do not listen to the medical association. Do not listen to the Centers for Disease Control. Don't listen. Don't let them tell you what to think. Uh, and what makes it even worse, he says, he's saying, listen to me. Right. Yeah, you know, Pastor, what you just said is, is, is so true. And it, it basically, it's the same message that Dan Savage uh, mm-hmm. uh, talks yeah. about when he says we can ignore the Bible right. when the Bible talks about this, 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 and this. Right. And, and you know, that is, the, that is the very first quote of Satan in the Bible. Yeah. It's the very first lie. Has God said? Yeah. And, right. and you know, we hear it over and over. You know, they don't have uh, anything new. Uh, there's nothing well, new under well, the sun. It's the no. same old playbook. Well, while we got both you men of God on the air, 
I want to ask you about that main line that Savage is using, of course, uh, borrowing from other atheists. He's an atheist himself, uh, although when he spoke at Elmhurst College, he never mentioned that. He kept calling himself a Catholic, didn't he, John? Yeah. Uh, but when, when Savage, we got to go to a clip, but I want to get a quick comment. Savage is saying the Bible, hey, the Bible said that slavery was okay, so you don't have to listen to the Bible. Patrick, can you give me your reaction and then you, John? Uh, Don Savage is not God. And any person who is, who will listen to Don Savage, uh, Dan Dan Savage, yep. Dan yeah. Savage, who anyone who listens to Dan and takes Dan's words over God is crazy. You know, Dan's not qualified. I would ask Dan, how many universes have you built? <laughs> how many suns have you made? Where were you when God hung the stars in in the space? Same question that the Lord asked Job. He says, Job, I'll answer your question if you answer mine. Dan's a puny man, a Don, whatever his name is. And what, what, how long is he going to be here, 60, 70, 80 years? Well, maybe less with his lifestyle. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a puny human. Yeah. Uh, who would listen to a human over the God who made everything? He's yeah. nothing. He's, 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 he's like the rest of us. He's, at the end of the day, he's insignificant. Anyone who knows uh, who Voltaire was is going to really regret that I'm comparing Dan Savage to Voltaire. <laughs> but it reminds me a little bit of the arrogance of Voltaire, who said, within my lifetime, the Bible will be uh, out of print. And when he died, the Geneva Bible Society bought his home and started printing <laughs> Bibles from his house. So, you know, he reminds me a bit of Voltaire in that when he says, and, and the, to say that the Bible is a, is a, sla- a pro-slavery book, it was Christians uh, that, and the Bible that led William Wilberforce uh, in his movement to, to, to end the slave trade in right. England. It was Christian abolitionist pastors who established uh, the Underground Rail, Railroad and, and who fought uh, that fight here in this country. And, yeah. and then he quotes Philemon, and he takes Philemon out of context. That Paul was not saying take him back as a slave. It's no. very clear. He said, put it to my account. So, it, you know, it's very easy to say this. Um, uh, uh, Muslims say that the uh, the Bible is 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 the white man's religion. It's not, and it's funny because it's an Asian book. It's from East Asia, uh, but you know it's a cheap shot. But it's really not true. Yeah, yeah. Pastor, hey, on I, I, made, point. I made the white man want to tell him. I wish I did own it. I wish, because <laughs> you know what? It's no book to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. no book to run away from. Well, but isn't it amazing, guys? Yeah. Isn't it amazing now the turn now of the homosexual movement? And people always underestimate the damage that the homosexual sexual movement can do to society. Now you have homosexual atheists in the vanguard of of trying to deconstruct the Bible as a moral authority. Right. They have rejected it in their own lives. They have embraced sodomy. They've embraced perversion in their own lives, rejected God. And then they turn around and to justify themselves, they launch an attack on the Bible. And that's exactly what Dan Savage was doing, saying, right. kids, don't listen to the Bible on homosexuality. Well, they, they have no choice. Uh, if you're going to embrace the homosexual death style. You have to. You have to denounce the Bible. Because his I'll say this succinctly, whether you believe the Bible is the word of the Lord or not, whether you believe it's the book, it's, it's true or false, even if you believe that the Bible is only good for toilet paper, here's one thing you have to conclude when you read the Bible. The Bible denounces homosexuality. Right. Mm-hmm. That is not that is not a disputable argument. So if you denounce the Bible, that's one thing. But if you read the Bible, you still have to come to the conclusion that the Bible denounces a sexual perversion. 
well, and homosexuality and lesbianism is sexual perversion. P- Pastor, you and I are under shepherds of the great chief shepherd, and, yes, that, and that means one day you and I will have to answer for our, our care of the flock. Did we yes. feed the lambs? Did we feed the sheep? I want you to hear uh, this next uh, segment. It's from the Bill O'Reilly show last night. Reverend Emmett Burns is on. Give us some and, background on that, John. And, and uh, Emmett Burns, you heard his voice in the clip that Don Lemon played as one of the pastors who said he will not vote for Barack right. Obama based right. on what has happened. Within a 24-hour period, apparently he had second thoughts. Here it is. So, Reverend Burns, you said yesterday that you're going to stay home and not President Obama in November. Are you standing by that? No, I'm not. Um, I've heard from my base and my base of support. I'm a Mississippian. We died, we fought, we bled to get the right to vote. And uh, I overspoke because I was so chagrined about the president's position on same-sex marriage. I'm encouraging everybody to get out and vote, and I will support the president. And I don't see a conflict here. (laughs) And the reason being, I can be true to my biblical understanding, theological understanding of the Bible uh, in Leviticus and in Romans, and not support same-sex marriage. And I'm sound on that. But I can support the president. He's in a political arena. Yeah, secular arena. Okay. But um, uh, Reverend Coates, and I'm going to get to you in a moment, Reverend Burns, Reverend Coates and other clerics, black clerics, see it as a civil rights issue. You obviously do not. And, you know, you were in, in the forefront of the civil rights movement, but you don't see gay marriage as a civil rights issue, do you? Absolutely not. I'm in the Maryland General Assembly. Seventy-five years ago, I could not be there because of the color of my skin. Whites have always been there. They've always had the right to be there, be they gay or straight. If they were gay, they could hide if they wanted to who they were. I could never hide the color of my skin, even if I wanted to, and I do not want. It is not a civil rights matter. It is a moral matter. Is it more of an indictment that he realizes that it's not a civil rights matter, it's a moral matter, and yet he says he listened to his base and that he's a Mississippian? I'd expect a Christian pastor to say, I listen to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and I'm a Christian. With with all due respect to the Reverend Emmett Burns, I have not had the pleasure of meeting him. Uh, But, you know, uh, you wonder if at a certain age... Uh, a person is just no longer able to stand up under the pressure. Mm. Uh, if they maybe maybe should retire or, or 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 something, because as a man of God, we don't listen to our base. We listen to the Lord. We seek the Lord. We study the word of the Lord, and we declare the word of the Lord. Could you imagine Jeremiah saying, "I listen to my base." Mm. Could you imagine what would have happened to the prophet Isaiah, uh, where the Lord says to him, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and show my people, show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. Not allow my people to convince you that their transgressions are okay. 
Pastor, we showed them theirs. Pastor, if Moses listened to his bass, we'd still be in Egypt? Yes, sir. And yes, I'll sir. tell you, there was a guy who did listen to his bass. It was Aaron, and I think they they crafted a golden calf. Out of, out yes, of sir. Yes, sir. Now, but, Pastor, can I ask you, I mean, we talked about this last last hour, last time we did the show. Uh, you, you are not typical, though. I mean, what do you think the peel-off rate is going to be? I mean, do you think Obama is going to lose a tiny segment? And even if he does, uh, the, the new poll shows out of North Carolina shows that already Mitt Romney has gained, probably in part uh, because of, of Obama's stance on homosexual marriage. According to one poll, uh, Romney now leads 51-43 in your state. What do you think the real effect, we've got one minute left, the real effect on the black vote will be from all this gay marriage embraced by Obama? It will will have an effect. It, it it will by and large depend on the courage of pastors in their pulpits to keep their to keep the doctrine before the people. Uh, I I do think it will be an effect. To what degree? Uh, I don't know that I, but I know this. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that uh, the effect is as strong as it can possibly be. Because if for no other reason, he showed great disrespect to the black community. He really he knows the black community's position on this issue, and he uh, took a stand against his his most loyal uh, constituency. And most politicians just don't do that. Yeah, well, it, obviously Obama was more loyal to his gay activist base than to his African American base. I don't think that's obviously. disputable. Obviously, and, and we'll, we'll and see the, the great, effect. Yeah, the great revolver, not evolver. He's right back where he started. That's the great right. revolver in chief. Right back. We gotta go to the break. Made. Let's go to the break. Welcome back, folks, to our final segment with Patrick Patrick Wooden, who's the pastor of the Upper Room Church of God in Christ. I believe your personal website is plwooden.org. Is that right, Patrick? Yes. And uh, folks, you got to follow this man. He is a, he has he's fearless. He has been just harangued uh, and vilified by the homosexual lobby, but he doesn't back up because uh, that's what they do. They're in the business. Right. Saul Alinsky, they, they vilify anybody who dares speak out against homosexuality. Upperroomgospel.org. And, 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 and the pastor, I'll tell you why he doesn't back down, because he's not out to please men. He's out to please God. Right. And when you're out to please God, that's going to please a lot of men, and then it's going to make a lot of men revile you. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I want to sure. go to a, John's got a great clip from the Glenn Beck radio show, I think. Yeah, and, this and, clip. Uh, hold on, yeah. John, one sec. This clip has a big bearing on inevitability, this inevitability myth that North Carolina helped shoot down, which we keep hearing from gay activists and the media that gay marriage, so-called, is inevitable. Okay, John, intro and, the clip. You know, we talked about the pastor that was embarrassed by this, and, and, you know, there's embarrassed believers, but this is an embarrassed governor, the governor, Governor Purdue of North yeah, Carolina. my governor. She's really embarrassed that her people uh, look like, I guess, like sexual rednecks, and <laughs> So she 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 throws out Mississippi under the bus. She just says, well, we look like Mississippi, which is absurd. So back and what you're going to hear is a fellow named Stu. Uh, and he's going to give the uh, well, put it in perspective. He's he's going to say, you're right, Governor. You you do look like Mississippi and you look like the other 31 states who have voted for this. And it's the majority of people in all those states. Here's the clip. So uh, Beverly Purdue is uh, while we're here on, you know, coming out, and, and that's the only kind of sex anyone should have, Beverly Purdue uh, <laughs> says that uh, her state, this is one of the most incredible things I've ever read, her state looks like Mississippi now that they came out against gay marriage. Mississippi? Yeah, you don't want to look like Mississippi. No. Wow. Yeah. That is you an insult. Been to Mississippi? Wow. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what are you doing? 
Really? As a governor of your state, you're saying you don't want to be like West Virginia, do you? It's the vote of her own citizens. Yeah. And here's what she said about it. Folks are saying, what in the world is going on in North Carolina? We look like Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. You know okay. what else? Hang on. Could I just ask, what was the what was the the final number here on the vote? Six, 6131, I believe. 6131. So 31%. Six, 6139. Sorry. So 39% agree with her. Right. That's one of the dumbest things I think I've ever heard <laughs> a, a governor say. Yeah. Well, but she is right, though. Uh, I mean, she it, North Carolina does look a lot like Mississippi. It also looks a lot like uh, 68% of Alaska, 69% of Hawaii, 70% of Nebraska, 67% of Nevada, 75% of Arkansas, 76% of Georgia, 75% of Kentucky, 78% of Louisiana, 59% of Michigan, 86% of Mississippi, 71% of Missouri, 67% of Montana, 73% of North Dakota, 62% of Ohio, 76% of Oklahoma, 57% of Oregon, 66% of Utah. Uh, 70% of uh, Kansas, uh, 76% of Texas, 81% of Alabama, 48% of the only one that's ever lost, by the way, and that was because they went after civil unions as well in Arizona, 56% of Colorado, 63% of Idaho, 78% of South Carolina, 52% of South Dakota, 81% of Tennessee, 57% of Virginia, 59% of Wisconsin. Then they redid it in Arizona and it passed by 56%. California, 52%. Florida, 62%. And of course, North Carolina, 61%. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but did you see Mississippi? Yeah, it was, that was I one mean, of the ones so I listed. out of touch. Yeah. You know, it's Mississippi. <laughs> that's not an overwhelming amount of information, though, there. That's certainly not no, that all those states that's have not voted almost down. every state in the union. What the, is that, 38 states? Yeah, 30. I think it's 38. And uh, Minnesota's coming up soon, by the way. Everybody who's ever voted on it, uh, on gay marriage alone, has has decided that gay marriage was not what they wanted. Yeah, and that's not a hateful thing. It's not a hateful it's thing. It's not a hateful thing. It is, prov- it is protect the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. That, that was Glenn Beck and Stu. Uh, Pastor, uh, we are in an overwhelming majority. Yeah. We're 32 yeah. and 0. I think they said 38. It's actually 32. 32 and 0. Mm-hmm. Pastor, if the Carolina Panthers went on a 32 and 0 streak, uh, we'd be talking about a dynasty. We, they'd have to rebuild Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, if you listen to the mainstream media, you would think yeah. you would think that the overwhelming majority of the people are for gay marriage. For, and also, yeah, also, yeah. Pastor, I want you to comment on, he, they talked about Arizona, the same disinformation campaign that they used in Arizona to get that one vote, they right. lied about the effects, is what they tried in North Carolina. Yeah. Now, he mentioned they went after civil unions. Well, your bill, your amendment covers civil unions, and yet it still passed 6139 because you had a stronger effort to correct that disinformation. Right, right. We worked hard. And, and one of the things I want to say, and I said this to the governor on the local news, that we're not concerned that the state of North Carolina not look like Mississippi. We're concerned that the state of North Carolina not look like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. That's our concern. Um, the governor is clearly wrong. We went to, through the same process four years ago. She made history in this state by becoming the first elected governor of this great state. 
You know what we did, uh, Pastor, and what we did, Peter? We did the same thing. We went through the same process. We voted. One person, one vote. No one was hung. No dogs were sicked on anyone. Mm. No one was lynched. Nobody's house was burned or bombed. The pe- people peacefully went out to the polls, and they peacefully voted. Now, it's amazing how when the process uh, uh, allowed her to make history by becoming the first governor, it was a no- it was a noble process. The first female governor. First yeah. female governor, I mean. Uh, uh, it was a noble process. But when the same process uh, gave victory to the marriage amendment, we now look like uh, Mississippi. Which, by the way, two of my best members are from Mississippi, and they're both doctors, and they're employers. They have a thriving business. They they employ people. They they have four beautiful children, and they're some of the finest folk you've ever met. So well, I, I thank God for Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, you know what? we got two minutes left, guys. And you know what? You see what the left is doing. It's all about emotionalism. Yeah. They, they've decided that if you oppose homosexuality and even just oppose so-called homosexual marriage, you are a bigot. Right. You are the the moral equivalent of a racist. This is, of Bull course, Connor. The, Bull this Connor. Is Bull, yeah, yeah, you're Bull Connor. In fact, this right. is the whole thesis of the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is why Patrick and I and other mainly black pastors came out and said that is a, that is an erroneous thesis. Yes. That is a yes. that is an insulting thesis. And yet that's what they're promoting. And yet uh, and, and so everybody's echoing it. And it's going to be up to the silent majority to, get, to be a little less silent and the churchmen to come out of their closet to actually answer this. I believe it is a hateful line to say that embracing what the Bible says or what natural law says or what just life says, nature says. Nature itself discriminates right. against homosexual behavior. Right. If you agree with God, if you agree with nature about marriage, you are not hateful. You are not a bigot. You are just using reason combined with faith to make this judgment. You are so correct. Five days before Mother's Day, our president. Uh, spoke to the nation and declared moms to be optional. Thirty-nine mm-hmm. days, approximately before Father's Day, he said that dads are optional. He he contradicts him his his greatest speech in 2008 on June the 15th. The president spoke of the importance and the necessities of dads, and now the same president uh, declares that they're optional. We're not bigots. We're not homophobes. We are people. We're we're peace-loving Americans who believe the Bible. And at the end of the day, if that does, in fact, if that makes us bigots and homophobes, man, I I tell you, I'm tired of running from these labels. I'm just going to embrace them and continue to say what God says, because we're not going to stop. And that silent majority, Peter, that you spoke of, they're going to continue to rise. And and, uh, they said that some people will stop vacationing. They've considered canceling their North Carolina vacations as a result, summer vacation as a result of the vote. I wonder where they're going. They can't go to Florida. <laughs> That's right. We're going to come down and see you, Pastor. Yeah. Well, we got ten seconds left, Pastor. Thanks so much Thanks for taking for the time. Me. Thanks, God for bless, guys. And God bless you guys, and all thank right. you all. And folks, we have the new program, Americans for Truth Hour. Stay tuned. Come to our website every week at americansfortruth.org. God bless. Bye bye. Hello, this is Peter LaBarber, President of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. I'm excited to announce some new changes to our weekly radio show, beginning in the first week of June. After we'll be discontinuing the airing of our program every Saturday night at midnight on WYLL Chicago. The good news is that our same hour-long show, Only Improved, will be posted every week on the Americans for Truth website, just like it has been for the last year and a half. I'm also thrilled to announce that Americans for Truth will be partnering with Pastor John Kirkwood of Grace Gospel Fellowship Church in Bensonville, Illinois, for the new After Hour show. 
John is an energetic truth warrior who understands that Christians need to get out of their closet, as it were, and become fully engaged in the culture war over our nation's future. He will be producing the After Hour and joining me on the show every week. We will have a much livelier and more informative program with John's involvement. Also stay tuned as John and I prepare for more exciting and creative media engagement through AFTA. Just check out our website at americansfortruth.org every week for our show. God bless.